Hey everyone, this is Chris Vaught, and I'd like to welcome you all to the Pursuit Podcast, where our passion is to inspire and equip you with biblical truths as you pursue after the heart of God. So that's why we're going to 1 Corinthians, because when you go to 1 Corinthians, you have this letter written by the Apostle Paul to these Christians who were in Corinth, and these Christians in Corinth is in this popular city. There's a lot of money flowing. It is, it is an in and out city. There's a, there's a lot of trade, but there's also a lot of uh, licentiousness. There's a lot of a lot of pleasure, okay? If you can think of, of Las Vegas on steroids, you got a little bit of a fragment of what Corinth was like. They had the temple of Aphrodite there and, and they had thousands of temple prostitutes and everything was sexualized and, and, and there was a lot of, lot of joy and pleasure in that, but there's also a lot of pagan religions and in this mix, these believers started coming out. People started getting saved. They started trusting in Jesus. And what happened was, is the church, the church it was coming out of that, but living in a culture with all these other influences started accepting sinful behavior inside the church. And from that, they started having some confused theology. Their theology got off track. They're accepting some sinful behavior. Theology got off track. They got all confused about spiritual elitism. And, and all of a sudden, now their testimony started suffering inside the church. And not only did it suffer inside the church, but then because that lifestyle started being lived out by Christ followers out in the community, now all of a sudden, their behavior started hindering their testimony out in the community. And the Apostle Paul writes to this church and he addresses so many issues that we are addressing today in 2021. Issues that we're all facing can go all the way back. Listen, I want to tell you, the devil doesn't have any new tricks. He just keeps redressing up his old ones in new costumes. And I, I do believe if we can look back at 2020, we can find in God and in his word the help we need to be different in 21 than we were in 20. And if we go all the way back 2,000 years to the church of Corinth, I believe we will see we're not in this alone, but believers have been struggling through these issues for 2,000 years. And by God's help and by God's grace, his church can shine in the darkness and be a beautiful representation of Jesus and I don't know any believer doesn't want that, amen? How many of you want to be a beautiful representative of Jesus on the earth? If you do, say amen by three seconds of praise. Come on. Amen. Come on. Now, if you didn't give him three seconds of praise because you don't want the church to be more beautiful and you don't want to be more beautiful for Jesus, the deacons will pray with you after the service. <laughs> So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians, and today I'm only going to cover nine verses. But in those nine verses, I'm going to give you six truths that I pray you'll focus on as we begin this new year. And here's the deal, here's the deal, here's the deal. No matter what we face in the days coming, I, I'm not a prophet. I don't, have, I don't have a word from the Lord to tell you that 21 is going to be better than 20. I pray that it will. 
I can't tell you that things are going to get better in the political scene, the social scene, the financial scene, or, or the cultural scene. I, I really don't know what tomorrow holds. I pray that it will because even though I don't know what tomorrow holds, I know who holds tomorrow in his hand. Anybody agree with me today? I know the one who sees the end from the beginning. And because of that, because I know the one who sees the end from the beginning and nothing catches him off guard, my prayer is that you and I will be different in 21 and a more glorious representation of Jesus. And I pray you get a hold of this central truth. It's number one on your message notes, and then I'm going to back it up with five other points. Are you ready? Here it is. Right there at home, write this down. Number one on your message notes. I want you to know that God has a purpose for you in all things. No matter what, if, the, if 21 is good for you or not good for you, if you have victories or if you have defeats, if you have successes or you have losses, no matter what situations you ever arrive to or see yourself in, here's what I pray that you will understand. God is still real. God is still sovereign. God is still on the throne. And if you're a follower of his, you're still his child and you are not here by accident. God has a plan for you and a purpose for you in this moment. In fact, I want you to look at two people right now, and I just want you to tell two people, you're no accident. Look back at those same two people and tell them, and you're not here by coincidence. You're not accident, you just kind of look like one. Is that what I heard over here? Oh, no, I heard some, I heard some giggles. You know, I... 2020 had a lot of negative effects on a lot of people for a lot of various reasons. And some of it, like, a lot of people struggled with their careers in 2020, and they struggled with businesses in 2020. In fact, I read recently where they are expecting the greatest exodus of educators in the history of the education world. I mean, it's a hard on teachers and administrators right now. And with the digital learning and the hybrid learning and all of that, we need to be praying for them because there's a great exodus happening. They're also talking about a great exodus of pastors and churches. And many that were, that were doing ministry in 2020 will no longer be doing ministry in 2021. They're burning out. They're, the stress levels are high. And I've been asked a lot, by people, okay, how was it leading a large church like CPC through a pandemic year like 2020? And you know what? My answer is the same every time I get asked a question. And I could go a lot of different ways. Just let me lay the foundation for you. I could say, man, it was pretty tough leading a church when the pandemic hit. We'd only been in this new campus for four months. And the first thought went through my mind was, is how are we going to pay for this building? Will people still tithe if we don't have church on campus? And I'm not going to give you any details other than this, because the rest of it I'm saving for January the 30th when we have our Vision Sunday. But I can tell you this, we actually ended 30, uh, 2020 above budget, not below budget, because you have been faithful. To God be the glory. Great things he has done through you for being faithful in our online campus giving. Amen? And, and people say, okay, well, what was it like? Did, were you afraid during the 12 weeks we couldn't have church on campus? Would anybody come back? Yes! 
Yes, I was. I didn't know if people would come back, if they'd get comfortable just watching at home. But I want to tell you, we've seen hundreds of new people come through the door since we reopened in May. To God be the glory for that. But you know what my greatest struggle was in leading this church in 2020? Wasn't the new building, wasn't the finances, wasn't whether or not people would keep coming to church or watching online. And by the way, I want to say to our online campus, I love you and I'm, I'm so grateful for you. And you don't, you don't understand how important you are when you share the service and invite others to watch online with you. I hear testimonies of that all over. Last week, we had people calling into our, our online campus from Las Vegas and, and places all over the country. And I'm like, how in the world do they hear about us? And it's because of you sharing it and inviting people to worship with you. So don't stop. But the hardest, the hardest job I had in 2020 in leading our church was trying to help those who call themselves followers of Jesus from jumping to extremes of emotions and anger and forfeiting their testimony in the minds and the lives of the community. That was my hardest job. And that's why I want to start today out of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 because, and why I want to remind you that no matter what is going on in the world around us, don't let the world around you, don't let it influence how you are a representation of Jesus in the world. I want to ask you not to look around, but to keep your head looking up and remember who you are in Christ Jesus. And I want you to understand that you're not here by accident and you're not a part of this church by accident and you're not a follower of Jesus by accident. And guess what? God knew exactly when you were to be born. You're not out of time. You're on time. Because if you believe in Psalm 139, he knew you before you were conceived in your mother's womb. He knew your day of birth and he'll know the day you enter into eternity. He's got all your days planned out and you are here for such a time as this. And I know some of you are like, man, God could use somebody other than me to be an influence in this crazy world. It, uh, this ain't for me. If God knew it was for someone else other than you, they would be here, not you. And what I want to encourage you on today is I want you, number one, to realize that no matter what's going on, in all things, God has a purpose for you. If you follow Jesus, he's got a purpose for you in this moment. He's got a purpose for CPC in this moment. He's got a purpose for you. Whether you're here in Jackson, Missouri or watching on the other side of the world through our online campus, God has a purpose for you. How many of you have ever heard of Esther? It's a book in the Bible, the Old Testament. It happened between 473 and 483 BC. And what was happening was there was a Persian king named Xerxes. He was the ruler of most of the Middle East. And, and Israel was one of the countries under his occupation. And, and during that 10-year time, time period, Xerxes took a bunch of local ladies and he put them into a harem as part of his wives. And in that harem was a young Jewish girl named Esther. And as time went on, there was a, a guy in, in the court there. His name was Haman. And Haman hated the Jews. And Haman was angry at the, at the Jewish people. And, and so what he did is he connived Xerxes to come up with a plan in order to 
execute all the Jews. And what Xerxes, he got caught up in this political thing. And didn't even, I don't think he even realized that if he executed all the Jews, that meant his wife Esther was going to die too. And so he puts out this decree that on a certain date, all the Jews in his kingdom would be executed. Mordecai was Esther's uncle. And Mordecai came to Esther in private and said, Esther, you've got to go talk to the king. Esther, you've got to talk to him. You've got to tell him that if he kills the Jews, he's killing your people. And that, that means you too. And Esther was afraid. She was fearful. I mean, the world was out of hand. Her, it felt out of her control. And Esther said, I can't do it. I can't go talk to the king. I just, I just can't do it. And I, I don't know how she responded other than this, what the scripture says, but I believe she was absolutely flabbergasted. I believe she felt totally out of control. And then Mordecai made a statement to her that I pray every one of us thinks dearly on today. Mordecai, Esther 4, 14, I believe, and Esther, or Mordecai says to Esther, but who knows if it's not for such a time as this that you have come to this place. And it was that statement that changed everything for Mordecai and for Esther. And I want to tell you, it's what led to the salvation of the whole Jewish race because she did go to Xerxes and he did uh, take away his order and, and, or he allowed the, the Jews to fight for themselves to survive. And I'm here to tell you that in 2021, we don't know what we're going to face, but I can tell you this, in all these things, God has a purpose for you. And who knows if it's not for such a time as this that God has called you to follow him. In fact, number two on your message notes, I want you to write this down right here, right now, watching online. I want you to write this down too. Here's what I want you to get a hold of. Who knows if it wasn't for such a time as this that God has called you to this purpose. And the purpose is because of who you are. God has a purpose for you because of who you are if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Look with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. Read with me now. Paul, circle the next word, called as an apostle of Jesus Christ by, underline it, God's will. And Sothenes, our brother, to who? Circle it. The church of God at Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus. Called? What does God call you when you come to faith in Jesus? What are you called in heaven? Circle it. Saints with those who in every place who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord, both their Lord and ours, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Why do I believe that God has a purpose for you in the day in which we live? Because look who you are. You have been called by God, by God's will he has called you into his family. Now listen. I wonder how many of you would say, Pastor, I don't feel worthy to be a follower of Jesus. Well, good, because you're not. Look at your neighbor and tell them, that didn't encourage you today. Amen? Guess what? Look at your pastor. Neither am I. I want you to know that if you have a desire to follow Jesus, please hear me. Jesus is the one who put the desire in your heart. 
to come to him. And why did Jesus put that desire in your heart to come to him? Because Jesus has in his heart a desire for you to come to him. You've been called by God to be a follower of Jesus. You didn't just wake up one morning and say, hey, I think I'll follow Jesus today. I'll give my life to Christ. I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to be saved and go to heaven someday. I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. No, no, no. God's the one that began stirring in your heart even before you knew you wanted to be a Christian. And God began to put the people in your place. God began to get the word out there. And all of a sudden you started hearing testimonies or someone invited you to church or someone asked you to watch it online. And God began to put the pieces together. And here's what I need you to know. You are who you are today by the grace of God who called you to follow him. And you say, wait a minute. Do you know what my past is? Do you know how many mistakes I made? Hey, here's the good news God does. And he called you to follow him anyway. That's how special you are to him. That's why God's got a plan for you because God called you to come follow him. And it's by his gift of grace. Look with me at the verse. He called you not only to be a simple follower of Jesus, but to be a part of something bigger than you to the church of God at Corinth. The word church there, ecclesia in the Greek, literally means this called out assembly. So God calls you to himself, but he doesn't call you to come alone. He calls you to gather with other believers. Whether you're here on this campus or you're watching online, if you're online, you can have a campus there too. You can invite people to join you. You can chat with people online. You can even invite people to come into your home or rent out a building and have a CPC gathering wherever you are. Listen, God's called us to be a family together, a spiritual family. We're the church, the called out assembly of Jesus Christ. Why does God have a purpose for you? Because of who you are. You are called And listen to me, you're called by God's will. Look at your neighbor and tell him, he wants me in the family. And I'm telling you what, if some of you get that across in your mind, it'll change your spiritual walk today. That God wants you in there. It's God's will for you to be in the family of God and to be a part of his church. (laughs) And I know some of you are going to struggle with this one. He even calls you a saint. Now, you're not a saint because you do everything right. You're a saint by his grace. And he's working on you, amen? I want you to listen to this verse. It's not on your message notes. Just write it down. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. Write it down. He has saved us. Paul's writing this to a young preacher named Timothy. Listen to it. He, God, has saved us and he's called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works. You need to hear that. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and his grace. God wants you in his family by his will and because he has a purpose for you which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Number three on your message notes, write this down. Think about it. You have purpose because of what he's given you. Not only has he called you to be his child, not only has he called you to be in the church, not only has he called you to be a saint, but he has called you for a purpose. And so because you have a purpose, God has given you certain gifts. Look with me there at 2 Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians 1, verse 4 and 5. I always thank my God for you because of the circlet, grace of God, circlet, grace of God, underline the verb here, given where? To you, 
in Christ Jesus. Somebody shout, grace of God given to me that you were enriched in every way. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. If you receive the grace of God, how does it enrich your life? Where does it come out? Where does it show? How can people say they've experienced the grace of God? It ought to show up, watch this, underline it, in all speech and all knowledge. Say those two words with me. Speech, knowledge. One more time, right there at home as well. Speech and knowledge. People who've experienced grace talk differently. And they think differently. They see the world differently because grace has changed them. If you realize that God wants you in his family and God saves you not because you deserve it and you've earned it, but because you have to receive it. Grace means God's riches at Christ's expense, that God's given you what you don't deserve. If you understand God has given you grace, it'll change the way you live. And in 2020, we didn't do a very good job of showing the world, the grace we received. If you took this same verse and Paul was today writing it in the 2021 version, I believe he would have said something like this. This is what you need to know. If you've received the grace of God, you've been enriched in every way, in every speech, in every type, in every post, in every Instagram photo, In every back roads conversation, in every break room, and at every family table, that in everything through our speech and our knowledge, we are to show the world we've received the grace of God. Instead, we got so caught up jumping on political or social sides, or we jumped on some super spiritual side and took people's words for it, like they had a new word from God without going back to the scriptures to find out if what they were saying was biblical or not. And we just got up there and got all ourselves up in frenzies. And the Christian world as a whole heard its testimony in 2020. And my prayer is in 2021, we get back to the book and start realizing who we are and get our eyes off of the world around us and back on the Savior who called us and we realize who we are in Christ Jesus. We have received the grace of God to stand up and let our speech and let our knowledge show who we are as Christians and believers and followers of Jesus. Look at verse six. In this way, the testimony of Christ is confirmed among you. How is the testimony of Christ confirmed among us? How do people say, yep, they've been with Jesus? our speech, and our knowledge. So that you do not lack, circle this now, any spiritual gift. You eagerly wait for the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's what I want you to catch. What has God given you because he's called you? He's given you grace. First of all, you've received what you don't deserve. You have been welcomed into the family of God and you have been given this awesome responsibility and privilege of being called a follower of Jesus. That's grace. Secondly, you've been given charismata. Grace gifts. 
When you read about spiritual gifts, God has given every one of you grace to be a part of his family. But listen, and some of you don't even realize what you got on the inside of you. If you're a follower of Jesus, he, by the Holy Spirit, has implanted inside you spiritual gifts, charismata. Now, we think charismata is only for a certain denomination over here that we want to call charismatics, and they get, you know, they get a little more showy and a little more loud over here, and they're the only ones that's got that stuff, right? Wrong. God has given every believer spiritual gifts. And you won't even know what they are until you allow the Holy Spirit to prick your heart and to challenge you to step up and rise up and and walk in faith. And when you do, God will anoint you and he will empower you to do things you didn't even know you were called to do. I was 16 years old when God called me to preach and I couldn't even order my own food at McDonald's. You think I'm lying? Ask that woman. She ordered my food and taught me how to drive because I couldn't do it on my own. At 18 years of age, I was pastoring. God turned my life completely around, gave me an anointing and a gift that I didn't even know I had. You don't know what's inside you until you take a step of faith and say, I'm just going to trust God. And that won't happen until you get sold out to God. But I can promise you this. You've got a gift inside you. You've got a gift inside of you on our online campus. Every one of you have gifts on the inside of you, grace gifts. And listen, listen to what the Bible says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 through 6. Now there are different gifts. Not everybody's supposed to have the same gift. That's where we got off track a long time ago. People started preaching. Everybody had to have one gift in order to prove they had the Holy Spirit. That's not biblical. It's not in the scripture. Go back to the scripture and you find out the Holy Spirit's got all kinds of gifts and not everybody gets the same gift. Look at it. Now there are different gifts, not the, but the same spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. There are different activities, but the same God works in them to each person. Look at verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many parts and all the parts of that body, though many are still one, so also is Christ. Can I tell you that you have gifts and you have talents and you have abilities and God wants to use you in the ministry. Don't think that you gotta be the guy up on stage to be used by God. God's given all of us gifts and talents and and God wants to use all of us because all of us as being many become one in Christ Jesus. Now let me give you the next point. Because in this day that we're living in, in all things, we can't forget who we are and who we've been called and what we've been given But notice this, the next one is, you can't forget whom you represent either. You you have a purpose because of who you represent. Go back there at verse six and look at it in this way. Remember the speech? Remember the knowledge? In this way, the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you. Now I've already hit on the fact that many Christians hurt their testimony because through their speech and knowledge out in the public eye, they jumped on the bandwagons like so many else in culture did, and they ruined their testimony through anger and abuse and jumping to extremes. Can I tell you, there's another side of that story as well. Dr. Adrian Rogers used to tell the story about this little boy with a mongrel dog. Anybody know what a mongrel dog is? Shout mutt. And he had this little old mutt and he was walking down the street one day and he came around the corner and a nice dude in a fancy suit, a businessman walked up to him and said, hey son, 
man, that's a, that's a nice dog you got there. And he's kind of chuckling underneath. And really what he said in the South was, bless his little heart. It means he's a mutt. And he said, that's a nice little dog you got there. And the boy said, yes, sir, he is. He's a special dog. And the man said, he's special. Why is he special? He said, he's a police dog. And the man said, he's a police dog? Well, don't look like any police dog I've ever seen. And the little boy said, that's because he's in the secret service. And I want to tell you, don't forget who you are and what you've been given and who you represent. One, because some of you have hurt your testimony by the way you responded. The others of you, you've been acting like you're in God's secret service. And it's time to come out of the shadows. And don't be ashamed to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Realize your conduct speaks loudly about your faith. Positive or negative. But so does your silence. That's tweetable, by the way. <laughs> Number five, you have purpose in how you live. I want, I want you to know something. I'm going to say something that's going to maybe be offensive to some but why I feel so passionate about this is because I don't know what 2021 is going to bring, but I know who holds tomorrow in his hand and I want to represent him well. And I just need to tell you that I am bigger than a Democrat. And I am bigger than a Republican. Wait a minute. I'm bigger than an American. I am, by the grace of God, a child of the King, forgiven, redeemed, and born again. I am a representative of Jesus. And I need you to know, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're bigger than all the titles that this world can put on you. We've got brothers and sisters watching on the other side of the world right now online. And I want to tell you, you're bigger than this. Don't get caught up in this world. Remember who you are. You're a representative of Jesus. So it's important on how you live. Live like a Jesus follower before you act like anything else. Now, I'm not saying don't be involved in politics or social justice or any of that stuff, but I'm telling you, you be a Jesus representative more than you are any of that. Come on, somebody. Look at verse seven and eight. So you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for the revelation of the Lord Jesus. He will also strengthen you to the end so that you will be, circle it, blameless, in the day of the Lord Jesus. You know what God wants for you? He wants you to be blameless when he comes. And notice this, circle the word wait. What are we waiting for? What were the Christians in Corinth waiting for 2,000 years ago? They were waiting for Jesus. They weren't looking around at who the Antichrist was. They're looking up, waiting for Jesus. You say, Pastor, I've heard that my whole life. I don't think he's coming anytime soon. He may come for you today. I don't know when he's coming, but he's coming. And he'll come for someone today, individually, in this world. And I need you to know, how are we supposed to live? We are to live as representatives of Jesus, 
in such a manner that if he were to show up today unannounced, we would not have to be ashamed. So here's what I want you to think about in 2021. Is there any sin you're flirting with? Or any sin that's got a hold on you, you don't want to give up? That you know if Jesus showed up with you involved in that, you would be ashamed if he showed up in the middle of it. And if there is, that's the Holy Spirit saying, that's where I want you to repent. That's where I want you to give up. And I'll help you. And I'll give you victory. Now, everybody look up this way. Look up this way, because everybody's head just went down. <laughs> what about you at home? Did you drop your head too? Look this way. Let me tell you something. We all got stuff to work on, even me. Amen? Jesus is going to always be working on us if you let him, because you represent him, and he wants you to be blameless when he comes back. I'm not here to condemn. I'm here to point out the truth that we all have got some sin we need to confess and give up to Jesus today and let him make us better and cleaner and purer in that area. Amen? 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 Somebody shout, that's grace. That's what grace does because he loves you, not because he's not in love with you. Number six, and it all hinges on this, the purpose of why you were called. You're called for this purpose. That in 2021, in all things, you can know God is in control and God is still God and he is with you and he has called you with a purpose because of who you are in Christ Jesus and what he has given you. And he's called you with these gifts to represent him on the earth. And God has empowered you to go forth. And there's a reason for all this. And there's something I don't want you to ever lose. I want you to have this burning inside your heart. And it's the why, the why God called you and the why God wants to use you in these days. And the answer is found in verse 9. Read it out loud with me, everyone. Because God is faithful. And you were called by him into, circle it. What? What does God want you to come into? Come on, one more time. Say it out loud. Everyone at home. Into fellowship with his son through Jesus Christ our Lord. People ask, where's God? in all this. Where, does God love me? Does God care what I've lost in 2020? Is, does he feel my pain? Is God angry at me? Or is God, does God even care? And the answer to all that is God, yes, he cares. And yes, he sees. And yes, he loves you. Because the reason you even feel that desire to know God is because God's putting the desire in there because he wants you to know him. Does that make sense to you? If he wasn't working on your heart, you wouldn't even have any concern about him. The fact that you even ask questions about God or think about him is proof that God is moving in your heart because he wants you to know he wants you to have a fellowship with him. How did the apostles go through persecution and hold up their testimony in painful days. They learn not to be looking around, but to keep their eyes looking up and to have fellowship with Jesus. How did the apostles suffer the way they did and no one deny the resurrection of Jesus? It's because the circumstances around them 
had no bearing on their relationship they had. So if it's good, that's okay. If it's bad, that's okay. Because they had the fellowship. How are you going to face 20 to 21? My prayer is in fellowship with Jesus. Amen? Because here's the big takeaway. Write this down. I pray you get a hold of this. There's more in you than you know. You are more than you think you are. If you're a child of God, you are more than you think you are. Because you are, in this time period, in 2021, called to be heaven's ambassador on the earth. 2 Corinthians 5.20. I want you to read this verse out loud with me as you stand to your feet. I want you to read this out loud. Come on, everyone. Right there at home, I want you to read it. Right there in your living room as well. I don't want you to forget who you are and what God is wanting and a relationship with us. 2 Corinthians 5.20. Let's read it out loud. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God's making his appeal Through us, we plead on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us. What's his name? So that we might become what? The righteousness of God. How many of you are grateful today that Jesus became sin for you so that you could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Can we give him some praise in the house today? Does that bless you today? Amen. Heads bowed all over the house. If today you would just say, Lord, I'm recommitting. I'm talking to believers here. I'm recommitting myself to you afresh in 2021. I wanna be an ambassador for you, Jesus. I want to never forget who I am and what I've been called to do and that I have fellowship with you. I want my relationship with you to be bigger than the circumstances I face. If that's you in this house or watching at home, I want you to lift your hands up as a believer to the Lord as a wave offering, just saying, here I am, and I want to pray over us. Father, that's our prayer this morning with hands lifted up. Help us to be witnesses for you, ambassadors for you. Let us never forget who we are in Christ Jesus. God, let us never forget who we are and the grace of God that called us to follow. God, help us to live it out every day in relationship with you. Let the circumstances of life not have any bearing whatsoever on our faith because our faith is in our relationship with you, Jesus. Let our testimony be beautiful in this coming year. And let us know that no matter what happens, you are at work in all things. Jesus, may it be done. Heads are still bowed. No one's looking around. If you're here or watching online, you've never been a Christian, never gave your heart to Jesus. Today, the Holy Spirit's working on your heart. Believers, you can put your hands down. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I want to start this new year off right. I want to become a believer. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want you to pray this prayer with me in this room, watching online. I want everyone to pray this prayer with me. Come on, Lord Jesus. Today I surrender my life.
to you. I want to be a Christian. I want to follow you. Forgive me for all my sin. And the best I know how, by faith, I'm going to follow you now. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Teach me about you. Help me to follow you. And I receive you in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today for the Pursuit Podcast. For more content, to read our blog, watch past sermons, or find other great resources, check us out at chrisvaught.net, and then check us out on social media. Then tune in again next week, and we will open our Bibles and together pursue after the heart of God. Thank you again for joining us at The Pursuit.